Hey everybody, welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 437 from June 2nd, 1997. No guests tonight, just the love between the two hosts. It's a Monday night show, and it's another classic no-guest show. This time Adam and Drew take calls from a heroin addict trying to use his neck veins and go in-depth with him on his addiction and how it'll eventually kill him. It's a really tragic but insightful call into the nature of the disease. Adam mocks a specific upcoming movie with George Clooney, hint, from 1997. And there's a funny twist and comedic backpilling from Adam after Drew reminds him of something about said movie. Adam talks about his past writing experience before getting a radio full-time, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. And they play a unique bumper featuring some very funny flubs of several guests messing up the name Corolla. All in all, a great episode. As per usual, as a record in 1997, some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. We do have an app available, the Podcast One app, available in the Play Store, as well as on iTunes for iOS devices. Mahalo, and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Lovely uh, Kennedy from MTV will be in here. Always a good time. I, uh, a nice gal, a spunky gal, and uh, always some uh, heated and spirited debate coming okay, out of her and mouth. A, and a, a genuine friend of each of ours for years. Certainly. Yes. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing Kennedy tomorrow night. Then uh, who's in? Sugar Ray and then uh, Sean Penn? Michael Penn. Sorry. <laughs> All right. How spastic is that? There's a lot of pens floating out there. Michael Penn, who hasn't been around the scene for a little while, as far as I know, but a really interesting artist and a really good artist and uh, someone who uh, I'll be glad to talk to come Wednesday? Thursday. Is that Thursday? Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I'd, I'd even like to talk to him Wednesday, Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. That is Dr. Drew, the board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Hey, Drew. Hey, Adam. Uh, I never did get the other night uh, what happened when you took uh, one of the youngins to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh. Do they have Chuck E. Cheeses everywhere? I didn't tell you the story at all. Wait, does everyone know what a... Ch- I, I, Drew, I, I, would you answer my question? Uh, I, you know, in the Chuck E. Cheese, when you go there, they play a video about Chuck E. Cheese around the world and around the universe. Oh, really? As though it's, you know, huge. Uh, I don't all know. Right, let's just concentrate on uh, the continental United yeah, States. I, I suspect it's, it's certainly in the West. All right. It, it, if, if you don't know what Chuck E. Cheese is, it's uh, basically uh, it's a place where pedophiles can go get some pizza... <laughs> And wash it down with some grape soda and uh, then jump in a big uh, tub full of uh, uh, Super Balls with young children. And there's video games. It's a, it's, a, it's a room that's exploding with activity. Right. Uh, yeah, I took the kids. It's uh, really what Shakey's used to be. Do you remember Shakey's? Yeah, I remember Shakey's, but Shakey's was a place you sat down and had pizza. This is a place where the kids run around like... You know, like you right. Know. Okay. Yeah, out of control. And there's you know tubes they crawl through and there's a show going all the time. It's absolute chaos. They love it. Their heads explode. So excited was one of my sons at going in there that he got right to the door and just vomited. I love that. All over the place. Just all over the front door. Of the I love the fact that kids never try to mask their emotions. If they're so happy they could crap, they crap. If they're so nervous and uh, elated they're going to vomit, then they just vomit. Thank God kids don't date. Could you imagine if a six-year-old was dating, he would just uh, dive right into the woman's crotch and vomit and then defecate. I did that once when I was drunk on a date. But, um, so he vomited on the door. I did repeatedly. Repeatedly? Oh, yeah. We had, we had actually hold him up, suspend him over his 
Because it was such a huge, <laughs> it was great. Did you? Is there a vomit trough at the front? No. Now, surely this must have happened before. But they seem to have a hose hookup right there. So oh, they got a hose yeah. babe right up yeah. front. So where where were you holding him while he was vomiting? In suspending him in midair over his giant puddle that was building constantly. So it's like you're holding a vomit gun. Yeah, exactly. A vomit rifle. Absolutely. That's great. Hey, I've, we talked about it before. When the kid starts vomiting, you pick them up uh, like when the cat is bringing up the fur ball, right. and you run. That's right. With the cat, you run outside. With the kid, you run into the bathroom. Right. Absolutely. And I've ran many times, believe me. All right. And, and uh, so they went in, and it was... Uh, and who's then, they? I thought it was just one of them. No, Paulina, my daughter, went with my wife to Ohio to see her great-grandmother. Right. And so I had the two boys. Oh. And uh, they're four and a half years old. And they went in there and went nuts. Nuts. I mean, it's 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 hard to imagine what kids find truly uh, stimulating. Uh, a lot of colors, a lot of noise, and a lot of rubber stuff they yeah. can jump on. It's just tremendous. And uh, did you eat pizza there? Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I like the Shakey's pizza. Yeah, same kind of. That kind <laughs> it's of. It's a little. I'm a little embarrassed by that, yeah, but I enjoyed it. They didn't eat it. They're too excited. Oh, really? Yeah. They just run around. Yeah. Huh. Cheap date for you, Drew. I hardly still buy the pizza. All right, uh, and what's the pizza? Is like thirty-five bucks for a large or something? Precisely. Yeah, because let me tell you, the uh, that uh, uh, that uh, rat jamboree, that uh, animatronic rat jamboree. Oh yeah, uh, that don't oh, come you've been cheap. There. You've been there. Huh? No, I've seen I've seen the commercials. Oh yeah, I know each slice of pizza. You're uh, you know you're buying a new component for the uh, animatronic rat jamboree. <coughs> Rose, sixteen. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Hey. Um. Okay. I have some questions because I don't really have any problems myself at all, but I'm, my, everyone around me worries about me a lot. Um, I'm pretty indifferent and like, um, I've been through a lot. I have like this attitude where like, I really don't care what happens to me. Um, I don't know where to start. What are the kinds of things you've been through? Um, I've been raped like twice. How old were you when it started? A year ago. And how about before that? What happened to you? Nothing. Nothing. Until then, life was, was wonderful. Mm, parents divorced when I was in like second grade. Dad, like, left home and whatever. He's what? Dad has, like, left home. I've lived with my mom and my aunt my whole life. Uh-huh. And, well, they, and they were okay? Your relationship with them was okay? Um, yeah. Who raped you? <laughs> Just some guys. Multiple guys? No, well, different guys. Yeah. Oh, did you know them? Yeah, sort of. Were you going out with them? Not really. Uh, like a couple dates. Couple dates? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, had he had sex with them before? Mm-mm. No. And uh, were you still in school now or what? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you doing? Bad. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I did bad, too. I shouldn't be. I should be doing really well. Why? Because... Um, She's capable of it. Yeah. No, I always hated those students that weren't living up to their potential. I, I was. Uh, they tell me that I don't live up to my potential. They do. They tell me that all the time. Yeah, people. I never got that. I was they like, uh, give me these tests and tell me that I'm a genius, and then they oh, really? get mad at me because I don't get straight A's. I got tests, and they said you're a moron. Uh, you're getting D's. You really should be getting uh, D's. That's what everyone said when I went to school. Mm-hmm. I always wish I had that, like, uh, burgeoning genius thing. That sort of, uh, you know, um, Einstein was uh, locked inside of me if we could only get to him. Uh, I didn't have that. I, ha- I had, like, Uncle Fester locked inside of me. <laughs> All right, right, so, Rose, you're screwed up. Yeah, they also worry because, like, um, 
they think I don't eat enough. All right. Well, all we, all you're, you're only giving us enough information to say that you're depressed. Well, I know that. My doctor said that. Right. So you're depressed. Yeah. Uh, you need to do something about that. Do you take treatment for it? I take Prozac, and I've been seeing counselors, but like it always ends up the same way. Like the first, the first psychiatrist I had, I would just like sleep. I just go in there and sleep in her office, like every time. And then the one I have right now, it's sort of getting to be like a game. We just p play mind games with each other. Well, why don't you open up and uh, stop wasting everyone's money? Why don't you go in there and do some work? Try to help yourself. I don't like her. Well, that's part of the process. Deal with that. All right, Rose, Rose, if, if you if you refuse to be helped, if you refuse to let somebody help you, you're not going to get better. That's the way it is. And it's, it's, it sounds like it's a pretty miserable state to be in. I mean, I, I would want to be 16 and have lost all meaning in life. I mean, that's not something that I... See, the thing that I worry about is, like, I, I don't take very much care of myself. Like, um, like in the last year, I've been with, like... Ten people. Yeah. Well, you feel bad about yourself. You're yeah. looking for some kind of validation. But I, I mean, it sounds like you're looking for us to come in and, and cure you, yeah. rescue you, take you away from all this. I think if we, she's if, just caught in that whole sort of uh, morose uh, teenage uh, feel sorry for pity, you know, downer but spiral syndrome that uh, about 80% of the teenagers we talk to every night are into. Uh, it sounds a little more severe. Though. All right, here's what you do. Uh, you, don't, you don't get AIDS, uh, you don't OD on heroin, and you don't kill yourself intentionally. And in a couple of years, uh, things start to straighten out, and then uh, that high-powered brain of yours that makes you sound like you're 40 comes in. And you go off to some Ivy League school or something. Or, all right, forget Ivy League. Uh, some, some junior college. But then you transfer. And then you're 22 and you look back and you can't believe it, uh, what a head case you were at 16. The important thing is is uh, not to kill yourself now. Right, not to do anything irreversible. You're not going to do anything monumental now at 16. Just uh, don't F yourself up so permanently that you can't get through this tough, uh, tough stage in life. Interesting feeling I got from her, though, was that she wanted us to like step in and take her away, cure her. Yeah. And then I know if you were able to approach doing that, she'd reject you. Well, she's smart enough. She knows what's going on uh, intellectually. She just has to apply it. Amy, 18. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, first of all, Adam, I saw you at the festival this weekend. <clears throat> it was cool. Oh, you did? Yeah. Where was you? Um, not anywhere up front. <laughs> yeah. But I saw you. <laughs> um, okay, here's the thing. Last weekend... I went to Planned Parenthood so I could get on the pill. And they did the typical tests that they always do. And a nurse from the clinic called me today and told me that the results from my pap smear had come back and it showed that they, there were some abnormal cells or something like that. And she said that it was possible that it could be the human papillomavirus, uh -huh. but I'd have to come in for more tests. Sure. So what I was wondering is, is there is it possible that it could be anything else? Like or, what? What is it? Your your. Well, I mean, is it possible that abnormal cells are normal if it's just minimal? Because she said it was. Let me let me sort of probe your level of understanding of what a pap smear is. Why do you think you go in and have that test? Well. What is that test for? To see if there's anything wrong. Like what? 
Well, it, well, from what they told me. What is this homework hotline? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just curious. A lot of young women don't even understand what the Pap smear is. Well, a lot of times it can detect problems with the cervix. And like what? Cancer. Cancer. It's a way of screening for cancer. And abnormal is that all it's for? Yeah. Just well, cancer? I mean, that's the purpose of the pap smear. I mean, you can you can do cultures and fun, you can visualize and get clues to other things going on, but you have a pap smear to screen for cancer. That's what the, the papanicolaou stain is for. And you had some abnormal cells. That means that there may be something there. Do you think there. Rorschach ever looked at the uh, papanicolaou stain <laughs> and, uh, and came up with something? Probably. Okay. Uh, or at least some, some guy in college looking at a Rorschach came up with a <laughs> Pepe Nicolaus stain. All right, let's stop uh, indulging ourselves here. Uh, and th- these, are, these are cells that are indication that something could be there that could evolve into cancer. And the human wart virus, the HPV or human papilloma virus, is one of the factors that help generate these abnormal cells and, and, and increase the risk of cancer. So yes, the HPV could be there, and it, you need to know if it's there because you could be infectious with that. But more importantly, you had evidence that there could be something that could break, become cancer. No, but she's fine. Everyone has yeah. this, right? But the reason you get the pap smear is so you find these abnormal okay. cells in time, and you don't follow be them condescending out. to the young girls. I'm she's not being scared. Condesc- I'm not being condescending. Well, now you're being condescending to me about being, being condescending. condescending. I'm being condescending to you. Oh, you are. Oh yeah. All right. Screw you. Yeah. Kate, eighteen. Hi. Hey. Hey, you know, if you got David Arquette and Stephen Baldwin on the show at the same time, uh, it would be craziness. Yes. Uh, I'll, That's true. <laughs> I'll tell you this, they're both certifiable. And they both get uh, more trim than you could shake a stick at. That's what's wrong with this world. As, as, through the eyes of Adam, anyway. Well, yeah, here, here is the essence of, of, of our problems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, what's up? Well, I have two questions. One is really quick, and I'll ask that one first. I used to be pretty skinny because I used to run track, but then I got um, spondylolysis, yeah. and so I had to stop, and I sort of gained weight, but then I, I started swimming in the fall, mm-hmm. and I've only lost 10 pounds since the fall. Is it okay to be losing weight so slowly? Uh, how, I'm, uh, wait a minute. How you, much did you have to, how much did you put on? Well, I used to weigh mm-hmm. 120, and then I weighed about 135, and now I'm back down to 125. Yeah, it just yeah. It sounds like when you're physically active, you, you're fine. I mean, okay. I, I mean, the, you know, swimming. You were probably a distance runner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, distance running. It takes a lot longer to build your swimming capacity up to be a distance swimmer. Although swimming is an excellent exercise, especially if you have a back problem. Like, the only thing I can do. Well, now. you've got that low back problem. So. Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't recommend uh, distance running for anybody, especially women. Why? You ever see these women uh, who are involved with long distance running? Uh. It's like they've been, uh, <laughs> I don't know who they've been, they've been running from the plastic surgeon or something. I, I've never seen such ugly women in my entire life. Nice. Have you, you know what I'm saying, Drew. First off, they always have that pained look on their face. They got that look like, oh, Christ, I hurt. Oh, I mean, like they just like, like uh, someone took a, like a anchovy, stuffed it into a lemon and given them a bite. They got that look and they just have that pained look and their bodies are all emaciated and uh, I mean... Uh, they really could look for the amount of exercise they do, which yeah. is uh, three and a half hours a day because they run uh, 15 miles a day. They really should look better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes on the exercise cycle, you're going to look better than that. So if you want to just look good, uh, forget running. Distance running. Extreme distance running. You know where you look good. Who looks good are the sprinters, mm-hmm. male and female. Mm-hmm. Go out to uh, do some sprints. And take some steroids. Yes. Yeah. Right. She didn't ask her question. What was her question? Let her, let her back on. Oh, Christ, you want to know if she... Uh, no, no. Or something? no. 
Kate? Hey, thanks. I thought you were going to hang up on me. Well, he, he was right. going I did. to. Question. Oh. Um, I was adopted, and I just turned 18, and it's now illegal for me to seek out my birth mother. But I'm really, I, I really have all these questions that I want, I want to know, but I'm afraid of hurting my, my parents, who I, I really do think of as my parents. One of the problems is they just went through a divorce, and my mom really didn't want it. She's really hurting. Uh. And I feel like this would hurt her more, but I, I have so many unanswered questions. Like, I hear Drew talk about on the show that children who are adopted have, like, a higher chance of being alcoholic or something. And, yeah, but and I my know if that's in the history. or I just, I feel this urge to know, but I also don't want to hurt my, my mother. Well, why don't you let your mom get out of the uh, trouble? Right, uh, wait some time. Uh, give, her, give her a few months to get to back on her feet and then hit her with this one and knock her down again. How long should I wait? We'll give her, like, three days. A year or two. Really? Yeah, I really would. But listen, in terms of the, I mean, the you don't give her a year or two, Drew. She's not going to wait a year or two. She's only eighteen. She has like a time. third of her life. Look, uh, insofar as the addiction goes, um, do you have momentum with alcohol? Um, I'm actually like so scared. I've never had okay. a drink in my life. All right. Okay. No, uh, you don't do you, have any. Well, you, you, I have momentum with alcohol. I swear to God, I've gotten drunk like five out of the last eight days. That's really sad, Adam. That yeah. is really sad. <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, I, I look at the adopted history as significant if there is momentum with alcohol. If you really think that there's something going on there, then the adoptive history has more meaning. Uh, that's it, Drew? That's it. All right. Thank God we hung out for that one. Uh, Kelly, 18. Hi. Okay. I, my question is, okay, I'm a lesbian. I've been gay for about three years, and I don't know how to tell my parents. You've been gay since you were 15? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell my parents because in the past they've reacted badly. Because there's a lot of people in my family that are gay, like my cousin and my uncle and stuff. Have you ever been with a guy? Um, no. No. So you could have your hymen for the rest of your natural life. Yes. Have you ever been with a girl? Yes. Oh, you have. Yes. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes, I do. And uh, how old is she? She's 19. Oh, really? How long you two been going out? Um, a year and a half. Now, what do your folks think? They think that's your friend? Yeah, they just think that she's my best friend. Uh-huh. And um, do they have they ever said anything to you, like, I think your friend may be gay? Um, no, but they give her funny looks when she walks in or give us funny looks when we go upstairs to talk or whatever. Uh-huh. And... And they never caught you? No. Never found <laughs> any, um, I don't know. Do they have lesbian pornography, Drew? <laughs> Got me. They really That's a man should. Thing. No, man is into the visual stuff. I know. You're not into the visual thing, Kelly? No. Yeah. But I don't know how to tell them because right. they kind of flipped out with every other person in the family. Who's oh. How many uh, How many in the family have gone gay? Um, about three or four. Oh, really? On both sides. So. Really? Yeah, out of how many? Um, about 40. Well, That's not, not a bad average. average. Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you feel compelled now? Why, um, why is this know, the I time? I think it's a good time for them to know because... Why? I don't know. I think they're kind of suspecting it in a way or... Mm -hmm. So what? The way they act around my friend. So what? So what? Let them, let them suspect. Why is it I important? I love when Drew takes this angle. And I'm just curious. Why, I'm just, not to say that Kelly is not... Kelly may be ready to come out with this, but I'm just wondering why now. If she's so convinced that they're going to have this horrible reaction, why is it important to you now? I mean, I, you know, maybe wait until a time that it doesn't matter if they have a bad reaction and then tell them. 
Yeah. You know, now you, you're probably still kind of dependent on them for a lot of things, and they would probably feel pretty bad if they were rejected. You're still living at home? Yes. No. No. That's... It's a bad idea to tell your folks anything they don't want to hear when you're living with them. It's a bad idea to tell anybody who you're counting on, who you're living with, anything they don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't care. It, there's a blanket statement. If you're uh. in prison, don't tell the warden stuff he doesn't want to hear. <laughs> if you have a roommate, don't tell the roommate stuff they don't want to hear. It, it, it makes your life hell when you're uh, counting on these people to support you. I'm with Drew. Uh, go off to college. Go to Mills or uh, go up north somewhere. And, and, am I right, Drew? What do you say? Yeah. All right. You know I'm right. Go to one of these uh, lesbian colleges up north and, uh, you know, uh, lose yourself in the in the environment. And then, uh, you know, go back and tell them a couple of years, you know, like your junior year or something. Okay. And don't tell them while you're living with them because they're going to spin out. And then uh, they're liable to do something stupid, like kick you out or something. Yeah. I mean, the instinct is for, them, for you to want... To share with them who you are, but yeah, if they're not ready to accept that, it doesn't help to force it upon them. Okay. Okay. All right, Kelly. Okay, thanks. All right, thank you. <laughs> she wasn't too militant about her uh, no. lesbianism at all. No, she was. Okay. Well, I like that. A docile lesbian. <sighs> we need more of them. I'm sure there are plenty. Uh, there are. They, they, they come in all shapes and sizes. That you, you, you may be amazed. I saw a the uh, the uh, North American uh, spotted lesbian uh, on the way in. Ah, so uh, you're right. For, you didn't they, shoot it. Oh no no no! Okay. There's a there's a huge fine for that. Please, it's the wrong season. David, fourteen. No no, we got to go to break. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the clock. Hey, David. Yes. Hey, Adam, say, hey, Drew. Say something really, uh, you know, uh, titillating uh, that we can uh, go into the break with. Uh, titillating that you can go into the break with. Well, when Michael Jordan hit that shot the other day at the last second, the hands were working busily between the legs. All right. That's what I like. A guy who masturbates to bald black men who are sweating profusely. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Listeners are winning huge cash prizes every week at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy football means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Got an injured player? Not a problem at DraftKings, where it's like a new season every single week, so you're never stuck with the same players. Pick your team in minutes, and you could be on your way to winning instant cash. Last year, one player turned 11 bucks into four grand. That's right, $4,000. Another won 100 grand his first time ever playing. And another player won a million bucks just in one day. Just playing fantasy football, people. Hurry and get free entry into the $100,000 fantasy football contest this weekend, where first place takes home 10 grand. Head over to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PODCAST to play for free. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter PODCAST for free entry now at DraftKings.com. 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 What's up, you mutts? It's Kevin Clancy, better known as KFC from BarstoolSports.com, the most popular guy website online. Now we're doing the Barstool Network, which is everything that's great about Barstool, brought to you in podcast form. We've got two podcasts. Mail time is for the average working guy in the cubicle looking to escape his day with relatable stories of 9 to 5 life. KFC Radio is like every drunken guy's conversation with his friends, but with me and your favorite other barstool personalities. Download it now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, how you doing? This is Darren from Goldfinger, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. 
Adam Carell. Adam? Toyota Corolla. Adam Carolla. And Mountain Dew. I mean, Dr. Drew. Oh. oh, no, that's all I could come up with in short notice. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Engineer Mike, working overtime. And, uh... I like Adam Carell best. Yes. It, it's funny how uh, Darren is sort of the, uh, he's the big whipping boy of Goldfinger. The other guy's just beat up on him. He, he is like uh, the curly oh, did you, oh. of the Three Stooges. Uh, I miss those guys. we got to get the Goldfinger in here uh, soon, Ian. Yeah? Oh, okay. If what? All right. Uh, please. Uh, let's, 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 you know, it was funny, though. When I was out with, uh, when I was out with, uh, uh, Boston. The Boston. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody had to be the Boston. Yeah, it's the only one. It's the only band that likes me. Although they were saying, uh, I don't know how, but Goldfinger and the Verve Pipe came up, and they were like, eh, "I don't like those guys." And I was like, "Oh no, you guys all got to be friends." <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I sold them. I know it right well. now. Yeah, who is that? Oh, that's Steve, Steve Jones. Jones? Yeah, give me one more. Can you give me one I want to hear the drop where Adam makes peace. He was yeah. just wasted. Hey, everybody just have Remember a good Steve time. Jones? Yeah. Peeing in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just whipped it out in the parking lot and starts peeing. Adam uh. Carell. <laughs> 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 All right, Drew, uh, can we hear the one where I make peace uh, later on? We don't no. have to hear it this second. All right, Engineer Mike, but... Uh, uh, Let's hear Adam's name some more. This yeah, is, uh, that's what Adam wants to hear, believe God. me. God. This is Adam Carolla for Loveline, and that's uh, the doc. All right, let's get back to the phones. Uh, yeah, we'll hear the uh, sneaker pimps thing where I tell everyone to uh, enjoy. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> I sounded like Truman Capote on a Quaalude. David, 14. Hello, Adam and Drew. Hey, hey. David. Uh, hey, I've got a question for you guys, and um, I'll put it to you this way. Let's just say, and God forbid this happen, I'm pained even thinking about it, but let's just say that I'm masturbating with the right hand and uh, holding a Sports Illustrated with the left hand. And uh-huh. Doesn't that voice sound familiar to you? No. True. Right. how come every bogus call sounds familiar to you? Yeah, they all have the same quality to them, don't they? Dave? No, oh, see, yeah, I wonder if that was... Yeah, see, uh, listen, even when you bogus callers, don't hang up. I want to come back and talk to you. I just want to discuss your bogusity. Eric, 19. Yes, Adam. Hey. You're great. And so is Drew. Thank and you. this is this uh, question is for both of you guys. I was wondering if you were beat as a kid and through teenage years, <laughs> I was wondering if that would cause you to have social problems or to have uh, yes. relationship problems with yes. other people. Yes, absolutely. We'll go way out on the love line limb yes. and say yes. Categorically, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and please, what are the have- symptoms? Um, bruised ass. No, what I mean, what I, oh. what would you expect? I, I mean, see. How would it manifest itself? Um, difficulty with authority figures. Oh, uh, tending to gravitate towards um, chaotic relationships. Maybe, uh, maybe even abuse. That? Chaotic relationships. Chaotic relationships. Yeah, maybe even abusive relationships. Well, wouldn't you say when a guy has been physically abused throughout his childhood that he becomes physically abusive? Mm, that's a high probability. Of that sure. No, why are you going last with that one, Drew? I think I think that's the the I, overriding I one here. Would you say? I don't want to be stereotypical. I mean, Eric has some agenda Stop here. Stop wowing us with your intricacies, Drew. <laughs> and just well, let's play the numbers here. All right, there's that possibility. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's horrible cough. Yeah, you're really hacking away. You should have heard Drew during the break. Just coughing. I couldn't even hear myself yeah, yammering at him. Yeah, tea, please. Okay. 
Uh, what, what is it going on with you, Erhard? Say what? What's going on with you? Me? Uh, I'm just... I've, I have problems getting into relationships with women. I do have authority problems. I'm in the military. Uh-uh. And I have problems with my with authority figures. I I constantly uh, judge them and what they say. I do what they say because I have consequences if I don't. But but it pisses you off, I'm sure. Yeah, it pisses me off. And uh, that's all. Those are all your projections. They're just authority figures. They're, they're just doing their job. Yeah. But you've been so abused by people in authority, people in control of your life, that naturally you react very violently to that. And when you try to have relationships, it's going to be hard for you to trust people. You're going to be very volatile. You're going to get angry at things. You you could become an abuser. Yeah, beca- well, become an abuser, though? I have to watch for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Hey, it's, it's Look, it's like if your folks were alcoholics, you got to watch, uh, watch out for being an alcoholic. Well, my uh, family has a history of... What, Drew? That, that's not a behavioral thing, though. It's a my, my family also has a history of uh, drug abuse and alcoholism. Hold on a second, Eric. Let me yell at Drew. I understand that, Drew, but uh, you understand the point I'm trying to make. There's a predisposition here. Right. Whether it's by environment or biology. Right. Okay. I'm right. likening it right. to uh, having alcoholic parents and uh, <laughs> and upping upping the chances. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. What's up with that, Drew? It's great radio. It really is. Uh, you usually uh, like to punch the mic uh, while you're coughing. Yeah. All right, so uh, Eric has a gun, and he's PO'd. And uh, here's what Eric has to do. Uh, listen, uh, a lot of us had crampy uh, upbringings and tough environments. Here is your job in life if uh, you've had atrocities committed to you. Try not to make it uh, be the thrust of your entire life. Don't go out and commit atrocities to others. Uh, don't commit them to yourselves. And, and See if you can overcome and uh, better yourself and a don't, little bit. And don't deny the consequences these things have had upon you. I mean, the typical thing we hear about with the survivors of this sort of thing, the Eric's of the world, are that uh, they then uh, go have kids and they beat their kids. Because, uh, after all, I'm fine, and look it, it, look what it did for me. Right. I'm, I'm great. I'm fine. <clears throat> I had an interesting analogy, uh, because we've talked about this before, uh, not in great detail. Uh a, a lot of people here are, you know, second, third generation. Uh, their folks are, are most likely their grandparents or great-grandparents came here from another country to do better uh, than uh, than their other grandparents or uh, than their folks. Right. And, Drew, we've talked about this. We're getting to the point where you're not really doing better financially than your folks because a lot of people have been established uh, in this uh, in the United States for three or four generations now. Right. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of my friends whose folks were uh, lawyers are over at my house sanding. Right. But here is the challenge, and here's something that's interesting. You can try to do better than your folks emotionally. Right. Your parents were all screwed up. They were so busy chasing a buck, coming over here and all that. You have a chance to improve. And stop looking at, at, the, uh, at your wallet all the time in terms of doing better than. Interesting you would say is I, I, that this commencement thing I've got coming up, that was one of my big points. Is really? I, I really think that young people today have an opportunity to confront reality, emotional realities and let that come to the stage of a creative, vital force that can really better people and create real meaning in life above and beyond all this other crap. We are simpatico, man. Indeed. You want me to lay down a... Uh... High five. <laughs> no, see, I didn't think I could engage Get with any of kind of uh, no, you interaction. No, you don't know where my hand's been. John, 18. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, yeah, I had a couple of questions. Uh, the first one is uh, a, couple of months, uh, a couple of months ago, I heard you guys uh, say you wanted to sponsor a vasectomy. Oh, yeah? We yeah, oh, yeah, we do. 
Yeah, you you still want to do that? Sure. Uh, okay. Not well, for an eighteen-year-old. Really? Why? Oh, come on. Too why? young, bro. Oh yeah. You want to find like a sixteen-year-old? Well, no, I already have one kid. I don't want any more. Oh, you do? Yeah. Mm, eighteen is so young. Yeah, but he's uh, stop him before he screws again. Is what he's saying. Please. Oh, I see you. Ah, this is the Adam Carolla uh, social force at work. All right. Yeah. I think this is, we, this is not the Loveline idea. This is the Adam Carolla view of the world. Uh, or Carell. As heard on Loveline. Or Thank Adam Carolla view of the world, as might be. Well, it is uh, fast becoming the Loveline view as well. Here's what we do. Uh, Engineer Mike, what's a vasectomy? What'd that set you back? 400 bucks. About 500 bucks. Yeah. 500? Yeah. And uh, that's with the, uh, the shave and the slap in the ass and everything? I did the shave myself. Oh, did you? Yeah. Where they shaved before you went in, uh, be honest. I just wanted to make sure I had a blade that was clean. And clean. All right, so did they tell you to go home and shave your, your nads? They recommend you remove hair around a certain area. What? You, what do you mean, clean blade? What are you talking about? Well, I just, you know. He doesn't want some. I don't some, want a uh, razor. I, I know he's going to cut into me, but I don't want a razor going all over the place. Some gay, drunken intern, a uh, candy striper going at his nuts. He's it also, smart. It also took less time that way. Yeah. In the doctor's office. Right, right. Did they pass it along? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Lord knows uh, the, that's got to be at least an $85 item at a hospital, shaving of the nads. Am I right, Drew? Probably right. Uh, do you have the breakdown list there? I don't have it. All right. But, you know, you, you know, if they want like uh, 60 bucks for an ace bandage, uh, shaving the nads has to be close to 100 Did they give you a discount, Engineer Mike? I didn't ask. Insurance paid for most of it anyway. Okay. So we need about 500 bucks. Is, is that correct? Correct. All right. Uh, maybe we should... Uh, well, John, what city do you live in? San Jose. They have doctors there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, here's what we'll do, John. Uh, you have a kid, right? Right. You don't want any more kids. Right. Uh, you staying with the same woman, or where is she? Yeah, we're getting married this summer. Oh, you are? Yeah. And what's her feeling on this? Uh, she's excited. How um, about, about the vasectomy? Oh... Uh, yeah, she, she's cool with that. How reversible is the vasectomy? Not perfectly, certainly. Even if you get a reversible tie, mostly not reversible. But let's say between John and Mike, uh, between the two of them, if they put their two sacks together, could they get, could they get out one kid? No, probably not. Okay. So uh, it's not, I mean, once you're in, you're in. What did they tell you, Mike, when you had yours done? You had a, you had a snip and a, and a tie and a burn and a tie and everything. And, yeah. yeah. The, whole uh, the longer you wait... Between the time the you get it done, likely, yeah. the less likely you're going to have a chance of having a kid. And uh, will they do one to an 18-year-old? I doubt it. Mike, didn't they give you a hard time? Well, see, I wanted one at 18, too, and I, I couldn't get it. I had to wait 10 years. Whoa. Oh, really? But I didn't have a kid, so he's probably got a better chance. <laughs> that seems to make a difference. Couldn't you have borrowed a few kids? Hey, John, why don't you, you borrow Drew's kids and go in there? Whoa. Well, like smear a little mud on their face and like rat them up a little like they're orphans and have them scream. Well, they'll already be screaming and naked. All right, so, John, you're probably going to have to wait a little bit. Okay. I don't know if, uh, if a doctor is going to chance giving one to an 18-year-old. No, I don't think so. All right, but uh, if we have any other people that are of age, have uh, had a child or two and want one, I, I would like to sponsor one. Um, I would like to facilitate a sponsoring one by getting donations. See, Drew still thinks I'm going to want kids someday. Oh, yes. No. No. This, this is what bothered me. This this 18-year-old kid can join the Army. He can drive a car. He can be as responsible in life as he wants. He can get into a contract, but he can't snip his own. Oh, he can get it. It's not like it's against the law. It's just uh, I, I think it's, 
it is somewhat irresponsible for a physician to do that. I mean, the doctor's got to, listen, the, the number one priority a physician has to keep in mind is do no harm. And to the extent that there's a real potential here to harm this person and do something that, that might not be in his best interest. Yeah, but this is a weird um, um, societal moray thing. Yeah, and is. This is it's why right. it's we're, an ethical issue. Right? This is why we're in such trouble yeah. as a society because this is like what we talk about. You need a license to get a car. Uh, you need a license to go fishing. Uh, you're considered... A, uh, we live in a country that says, uh, "Listen, if you want a gun, uh, you damn you damn well should be able to go get a gun as much ammo as you can carry." Uh, but uh, we're not going to give you a vasectomy. Well, what's up with that? It, priorities. Uh, this are, is yeah. land of the free. Priorities are in pursuit of happiness. Uh, don't get out the patriotic uh, tape there. We got to go to break. All right, Drew, uh, sell the hell of the next one, <laughs> please. Here is JB, who's been calling. He's been on hold a couple nights now. They got back to him. <laughs> Since quitting drugs and alcohol, sex drive has decreased. All right. I don't go in. Let's face it. I, we have unwanted hair, men and women, everywhere. And it's annoying because you got to shave and you spend money and razors and waxing and all this stuff. And the No-No Pro is the best way to remove unwanted hair with zero pain. There is no pain at all. And I just do it like when I'm sitting on the couch, like, oh, I've got a hair. I've got a hair on my legs. Anywhere, your face, where you want legs, arms, face, men, they got hair like on their back. It is long, weeks of long-lasting results without pain. The No-No Pro comes with a 100% 60-day money-back guarantee, which I guarantee you're not even going to use that because you're going to be like, oh, my God, why didn't I know about the No-No Pro earlier? I don't have to shave now. Like, I don't have to do anything. It changed my life. Plus, you get a $50 gift card to an award-winning skincare line. So, go to nonoemily.com. That's nonoemily.com. Song line, Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Sam Corolla is Dr. Drew, the board-certified one. And we're going to speak to uh, JB19. Am I on? You're on. Well, first, let me say your show kicks much ass. Thank, Thank you. you. And your website's pretty cool, too. It's, oh, not really? our, it's not our website. Is it? No. Are you kidding? Which website? We don't have a well, website. Well, MTV, MTV has that website. Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but the guy who does it, Ben, says hi. Uh, is that guy from Tucson? I think so. I'm not sure. Is he a young guy? I've never met him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hi. Well, hello. <laughs> suppose you want to know my problem. Yes. Okay, for the past three years or so, I've done a good amount of drugs, including pot pretty much daily and also alcohol pretty much daily. And I've heard you mention on the show that those kind of activities can really hurt your sex drive. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Although at 19, uh, the penis will overcome. That's true. That's probably true. The penis can climb any mountain, no matter how great. Right. It's long, long periods of exposure, really, I'm primarily talking about. Or can span what, any uh, chasm. Or when you're under the influence, uh, it can make things not work the right. The penis can swim even the mightiest ocean, JB, at 19. But he's you'll a, find the penis will swim uh, just out past the buoy and drown about 35, if he, you keep that up. He's inspired. I'm looking forward to it. Um... Well, I never had a problem with that, but then this January, I quit everything, and since then, I've had kind of a slow and steady decline. In what? As as sex drive. It's like, I don't have a problem with the equipment. The equipment's all functioning well, but it's just like the interest level, I guess. Have you been getting depressed? No, not really. I was kind of depressed while I was doing all that stuff, but all that's pretty much cleared up. It's just the sex drive. I'm not half as interested in it as it used to be. 
Were you compulsed before? I mean, were you overly interested in it? Um, well, that's the thing. It's like I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but yeah, I guess it kind of you know. Anytime. So maybe it's just returning more towards normal that you, for whatever reason, are not needing all these defensive. But I mean, I, I don't know. I think you know, teenage boy, you know, it's. I always thought that was kind of normal. <laughs> yeah, there's normal and there's excessive. What were you doing before? What, as far as sex or drugs? Yeah. Well, as far as your sexual acting out. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I had a few partners, and I had sex quite a bit, I guess. All right, so here's what Drew's getting at. Maybe, let's say, uh, uh, let's say you normally uh, are uh, a six or seven. Uh, you may have been running at a nine. Right. for a long time, and now you've gotten down to a six, and that feels weird and different, but that may be where you should have been the whole time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, listen, either way, you can't go back on the drugs and the booze and whatever. So uh, I'm guessing we, <clears throat> I mean, we've possible. had this call a lot. Whenever there's a change, it's uh, the sex is the first thing that's thrown off. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that he has some... Uh, problems dealing with being sexually active and the alcohol helped him mask that and he was able to function sexually better then and now that he's off it he doesn't he doesn't have that same coping strategy available to him and maybe things are a good angle but you know i i don't know i mean if if you don't replace drugs and alcohol with something with some kind of treatment with recovery with something gambling well that's what people do they switch to something else typically that's why sex drive typically will go up uh, oftentimes when people stop because they start using that as a way of defending against actually having feelings that, feel, that can be so overwhelming. But if you don't replace the drugs and alcohol with something, there's going to be a reaction. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a reaction of some type. And usually it will get you back to drugs and alcohol or some kind of addictive behaviors. All right. Uh, Sandra, 23. Hi. Hey. Uh, first of all, I had a comment earlier. You guys had someone on that was having problems she was thinking about committing suicide and stuff she's like 16 uh yeah she wasn't thinking about committing suicide but she was depressed okay um i just want to say that um a few years ago i was in the same place and now i'm 23 and i'm about to graduate from college and so i just want to let people know out there who are like that how does it look looking back yeah it's possible to overcome but how does it look how do you view those experiences you had looking back at them it was really hard at the time. I mean, I, I tried to commit suicide. I just thought that there was absolutely no hope to do anything. Mm-hmm. Life was over. There was nothing left. How'd you get out of it? Um, I had I lived with my relatives, and they sent me back to Utah to live with my mom. Mm-hmm. And it kind of forced me, I guess, to grow up. I was so dependent on them mm-hmm. that coming back to a place, my mom has a lot of other children, and coming back here kind of made me rely on myself so uh you're here to say that uh that was then and this is now you're 23 yeah and uh, you don't have a job uh, i have a job yeah. oh you do yeah. but you're graduating college too yeah. okay. all right where do you work irs uh, <laughs> really there's yeah. no poster of me in there no. oh let me tell you about this goddamn irs for just a second <laughs> you know what this irs did to me Oh, this is what I love about the government. Here's what the government does. The government says, it's okay for us to screw you. But if we F up, there's no uh, course that you can take. Right. Just be thankful 
Uh, then we corrected ourselves. I think you can sue them, but they cost I swear to God I'm going to sue the IRS. You know what the IRS did to me? Mm. I owed the IRS like uh, three grand um, years ago. And I had worked out a payment plan with the IRS. Uh, and by the way, everyone who's paying off the IRS, uh, realize that if you owe them like 3500 bucks, and you're paying them 75 bucks a month, you will pay them 75 bucks Forever. a month for the rest of your natural life, yeah. and that your kids will then continue uh, the payments after you're long gone. I paid this thing for like four years, and I kept getting the thing back. You still owe 3400 bucks. I was like, I think I was just paying the interest off. I swear to God. Uh, but anyway, I worked out a payment plan with them. 75 bucks a month. Been paying it for a couple of years. Wrote a script for uh, Animaniacs. And Warner Brothers owed me uh, two grand. And I went, uh, called the secretary at Warner Brothers. This is uh, 1991 or 92. And I said, uh, hey, uh, where's my check? And she said, uh, IRS called us. Put a lien on it. You're not getting your check. They say you owe them money, and they put a lien on the check. I said, oh. Gee, I thought if you worked out a payment plan, they didn't uh, put liens on things. Well, you better call them, because we're not freeing up the check until uh, they call us. So I called the IRS, and I said, uh, hey, uh, it's your good buddy Adam. Remember we had that uh, payment plan? Everything was going fine. Uh, how about freeing up the check? And they said, oh, yeah, you did have a payment plan. We... Uh, we shouldn't have put that lien on there. And I said, uh, well, you shouldn't have. Well, we'll take that right off. Sorry. We, uh, you had the payment plan going. They called Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers sent me over the check. Every time I apply for a credit card or gas card or get a credit check, they always come back. Oh, well, Mr. Corolla, you have a lien here from the IRS, which really doesn't look good on a, you know, they pictured uh, some sort of whitewater thing gone uh, gone bad. Oh, please. I swear to God, I'll throw one of these crappy chairs through there. Okay. And then water will come burst. <laughs> <laughs> so now I forever have this uh, IRS lien on my record, which was nothing but a big F up by the IRS. Now, uh, how much is it going to cost me and how many hours is it going to take me to get that thing removed? And uh, And I want retribution. That's my point. I want to sue them just like they screw you when you screw up. Penalties, uh, interest, and the like. Why well, you just pay it off? It's already paid it's off. It's paid off. It's, oh, it, and I, they still don't The, the fact it? is, is there is a record a of the IRS having putting a lien on me. Yeah, that record is out there. That Can't record, you write to them like TRW to get something removed? I could, but I'm a man of principle. <laughs> and I like somebody my, else to I like it. my napping. Right. Please. Can we, can we let Sandra ask, ask her question? Oh, okay. Sandra, 23. Yes. So. First of all, I'm sorry. That's all right. Hey, can you do anything about that? No, I can't. Oh. See oh. what I'm talking about? All right. All right. Okay. Here's my question. Is that in the past, I was, I've been involved with several different men. Mm -hmm. Had sex with probably eight or nine different men. You know exactly how many. How many? Oh, women. Know. Women always you know. know. So, some, sometimes I was blacked out and stuff, so I don't... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. All right. Don't so really we'll, we'll call it nine and a half. Something like that. Um, All right. So now I'm dating a guy. We've been dating for a year. We've been sexually active for eight months. And I haven't told him about any of my past partners yet. He was a virgin. I'm the first and only girl he's ever had sex with. And 
now that I've let it go so long without telling him, I don't know if I should tell him. Has he been asking you? Uh, no. How old is he? He's 21. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, listen. <laughs> no. Adam has a saying about this. Uh, more mystery, less history. That is my uh, relationship advice for all. First off, he, he hasn't been asking, which means he doesn't want to know, which means he's smart. And he'll probably have a bad reaction when he does, if he were to find out. Mm. He's protecting himself. Guys can't stand it when their girlfriends have had more partners than them, especially. And when you're a virgin, uh, you don't need abacus to do the math. Uh, If they've been anywhere, they've been with twice as many people as you've been with. And you don't even count the person you're with. So so it's like he's been with nobody. (laughs) All right, because you're not counting him when you're giving him the number. Right. All right. Don't give him the number. Uh, Just you can tell him you've been sexually active before, but that's none of his business. It's your it's your life, your history. Yes, and and first off, at age twenty three, uh, being with eight or nine guys uh, does does not a trollop make. Actually, the culture that I'm in right now, it's it's a pretty big deal. I mean, I live Are in you Utah. Serious? Yeah, he's every girl I've been with. I mean, I would I would uh, I would consider it a, a gift if they were with uh, you know put a one in front of that eight or nine, and I would consider myself a lucky man. But you know, here put, put also, an eight there, and it'd be your average girlfriend. Thank you, Drew. Here, are women who are twenty three are married. They have three kids, and they've had sex with one guy in their entire yeah, life. Yeah, that's what they want you to uh, believe, though. They've they've had a fling or two uh, before they got married to that guy, and who cares? They're all fat and miserable. So listen. Uh, don't tell him. If he really wants to know, uh, tell him, yes, yeah, so you've had uh, sex. Uh, but uh, don't uh, don't give him names. Don't give him places. Don't give him things for his uh, evil little mind to seize on to and, uh, and uh, dissect. Am I right, Drew? Yeah. Thanks. So. Oh, really? Thank you. I began to float. It is the love line. Or as uh, many of the guests on the show uh, like to refer to it as the love lines. Yeah. And, oh, and Lisa. I knew Lisa. Remember Lisa called it Love Lines? Yes, yes. We knew it, didn't we? Yes. (laughs) All right, then we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. KROQ FM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world famous K Rock. Come on, have a good time. All right, uh, that's me. All right, so those of you who want to know what I sound like when I'm not on the air, uh, that's it. Truman Capote. Uh, Truman Capote on a Quaalude and a uh, fifth of rye. All right, everyone. Uh, Oh, it sounds like somebody, an Italian waiter, put down your pasta. Abundanza. Enjoy. All right. Uh, that is when the sneaker pimps got in a big argument uh, during the break, and uh, Engineer Mike had the mics potted up, and uh, we just got that little snippet. I didn't know the mics were on. Obviously, I would have spoken into mine, but uh, <laughs> I was trying to break up the fight. It was in a very uncomfortable situation. They were really fighting, I and know. I was just sitting here like a big idiot. It sounds like it. Well, at least uh, it wasn't like you. It just got up and skedaddled. Richard. Hello. Hey, you're 31. You're on Love Line. Yeah. Um, actually, I've got a question before I ask. Uh, um, you know, I didn't really call for a lecture or anything. I've been uh, shooting heroin now on and off for about 10 years. 
and uh, I've kind of just I've gone through the programs and stuff. I just had a question regarding um, the dangers of, of of shooting into shooting drugs into your neck mm-hmm. for lack of uh, access access to other veins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have I have had patients that have shot needles into everything you can imagine, including the dorsal vein to the penis. <sighs> really? Yeah. Uh, and if you're you, the neck is a that real, dorsal vein. That, that's really the that's that big top one. That's the last one. Yeah. Dorsal means oh, yeah, top, yeah. top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by the top, I think at the top of the list, like the last one they use, and indeed they do. The neck goes. The neck is what people go to first before the uh, the penis. Uh, have you done your femoral uh, veins too? Femoral legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So is that the leg veins? They're right here, yeah, where the sort of leg joins the body. So the last thing left is the neck. Have you shot at all in the region of the clavicle? The or is clavicle. That the, the bone that, that sits up at the top of your chest? Like your the, the uh, collarbone. The collarbone. The collarbone? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, it's like, it, it, it's not like my veins are totally shot. It's just sometimes when I'm in a hurry... You know, because I, cause I ain't feeling so hot or whatever. I know that I can just go there real quick, and I really don't like to do it, but sometimes... Well, all right. The, the risks of doing up in that area, one is you can puncture a lung, go to pneumothorax. Well, not uh, way up there, can you? Your lungs come I up, have up a good into question. here. Yeah. Do the veins wear out? What yeah. happens? Yeah, they, they, they clot. get scar tissue? They get scar oh. and they clot off, and so... How many times do you have to puncture a vein before it actually scars? It depends on, vein. really, the sort of the technique they're using. You know what I've noticed, too? Um... Like cocaine will blow a vein out a lot quicker yeah. than heroin will. Yeah. Oh, sure. Cocaine is much more caustic. And and before and also I had another question at at my um at the needle exchange I got this pamphlet where pamphlet where they were saying to that you can um like cleanse the heroin with with, with uh, acetone. Have you heard about that? The heroin. Yeah. Because the heroin's really bad, right? And it's got a lot of impurities, and you right. crush it up and put acetone on it, and then the a- acetone evaporates. But pulls I mean, out the other stuff. I I don't know about that. I, you know, my my expertise is not in that area of this right. of this, so I, I I can't comment on that. Okay. But I, but I can tell you about people and where they shoot because I I deal with that an awful lot. And uh, so I I it's really remarkable that we don't see more complications of people shooting into their neck. But uh, you can get lung punctured lung get a pneumothorax. You can puncture other areas of the of other vital issues in the areas of the neck, the most significantly being your carotid artery, and that mm-hmm. can be a devastation. You can uh, get infections in the neck, which can be real serious. That you, you're obviously near your head, your brain, and those infections right. can be serious. Uh, you can puncture esophagus. You can hit the trachea. Uh, you can hit your thyroid. I mean, there are all the other structures in the neck that you can hit that can be disrupted or cause more infection if they are disturbed. So it's it's pretty serious stuff. I mean, the the stuff I really worry about is more the vascular structures and nerve structures in there that you could hit. Or what about your penis, Richard? No, man, I'm not. I'll probably quit before then. Really? Well, you may be getting close. <laughs> Have you heard about this new cure they got, Drew? The the overnight thing. Yeah, they advertise it in the paper. Yeah, uh, I know about it. I know expensive. it's expensive. I know a lot about it. I'm, I'm probably. How much is it? Is it like a blood? Like no, no. Oil change. Yeah, well, no. It's it's they put in a medicine that blocks the brain's receptors for opiates and it induces a very intense severe withdrawal. It sort of stuns the receptors while you're under complete surgical anesthesia. And so you don't actually experience the withdrawal. To me, it is a viable option for methadone addicts because the methadone withdrawal is so intractable, so long and so intense and so miserable 
that most methadone addicts don't make it off methadone. So it's a reasonable thing for them. For heroin Methadone addicts, is what you take when you're trying to get off it's heroin. It's a long-acting heroin, basically. It's a pill form of heroin, long-acting. I thought it was a liquid. Or a liquid. There are different ways you can powder. And, uh, and uh, heroin withdrawals about three to five miserable days. And I, huh. I, I, but it's not. There's no no reason to had go, that. Look, but there's no reason to go through the risk of anesthesia and the expense of that. Just go through the withdrawal because the problem with heroin is not the withdrawal. Anybody can get through heroin withdrawal. The problem is, as Richard has found out, is staying off. He said he's been through several programs and whatnot. If you don't get very seriously involved in some kind of treatment, you will die of heroin addiction. Getting off the drug, as most opiates think, it's just if I just get off this stuff, I'll be fine. Totally unrealistic. All right, uh, Jack, twenty five. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, all of us from Minnesota aren't that bad, okay? What do you mean? I love the Minnesotaites. I heard you ripping on them tonight. What? Oh, was I talking about some utter bomb or something? That could have been. Yeah. You know, my old girlfriend's from Minnesota. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I think she... All right, well, here, I got a... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say it. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I was in this relationship with a good friend of mine. I really like Minnesota. Like, best friend. Yeah, we like Minnesota a lot, as a matter of fact. Yeah, well, it's a good state. Yeah. I, I listen, I, listen I, I went out there last year. I had a great time. Yeah, uh, they they worked me like a pack mule, but uh, other than that, I had a, I had a good time. And, uh, you know, it's great because uh, the place freezes up for uh, six months out of the year. You get a 12-pack, you go down to the lake, you sit on block ice, and you fish. Yeah, that's why I moved away. Oh. <laughs> okay, here's the, here's the story. I, uh, best, like, best friend of mine, and, uh, we get in a relationship, and to my knowledge, I'm, like, I'm falling in love with this woman, and she's falling in love with me, and everything's perfect and romantic and everything, and we end up getting engaged, and the engagement lasts about three weeks, and I get a phone call, and she tells me, well, I went out last night, and I had a little bit too much to drink, and I... You know, I kissed another guy, and it doesn't sit too well with me, and things kind of deteriorate from there, and we end up getting a little bit separated, and uh, it leads to about Christmas time, and uh, part of her um, life was she's taking a trip to Europe come summer, and she's <laughs> telling me that she doesn't really want to be in a relationship with anybody all of a sudden. She wants to be on her own. You guys are not engaged anymore. Not not anymore. And listen, if she fessed up about the kissing part, I don't know. Who knows what she was up to there? She I don't may, know. She may have been just sort of testing to see how he, how flexible he was. And uh, she was either trying to elicit a response or get out. By her admission, she has cheated on all her relationships in the past. Ah, uh, what's her deal? What's her story? Uh, I wish I knew. But what her well, upbringing like? Well, um, let me let me. Let you me get engaged? You don't know? Here, all right. The thing is, is she was uh, somebody really special to me. She was a really good friend, and I ended up giving her some things that were sentimental to me, some special gifts that I thought meant something to both of us. Um, Your prize auger bit? Uh, what's that? Your prize auger bit? Well, no. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> ice fishing humor there, Retro. Um Over Christmas, I ended up giving her a pair of diamond earrings. And later on, they ended up giving her uh, a hockey jersey. You know, I'm from Minnesota. That was something sentimental to me. Right. And, uh, you know, the whole time she was telling me that she, that she didn't want to be in a relationship with me, but not anybody. And uh, I come to find out today that the past couple of months she's had a boyfriend. All right. So, 
Yeah. Listen, Jack. Well, what do you want to know? I. She's I a hoe. Am thinking. Get out of there. I gave her some some of these things. Oh, you want them back? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Am I in the right in wanting them back? Yeah, and I think you can get the hockey jersey back. That's you know that's something that's really important to me. Unless she gave it to the boyfriend. I hope not. You never know. I don't know. I'm guessing you can get a hockey jersey back. If I gave your wife a hockey jersey, you think I can get it back, Drew? Yeah. I think I get it back in my ass. <laughs> if I gave any girlfriend a hockey I'd jersey, I'd say it happened right, right away. You'd I'd get ha- there. I'd be passing the hockey right. jersey. But, I'm telling you. Uh, all right, I'm but you. the well, earrings, I think, I think you it's may her not choice. Yeah, I think it's her choice, the earrings. If I remember, we, we, we had this call about a year ago, and an attorney actually called us. There's some, there's some rulings on this stuff. Yeah, I think though it's her choice on that. Any time you give anyone anything, it's sort of their choice. Yeah. If 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 they're decent, uh, they'll give it back, and if they're not decent, they won't. And in which case, uh, it was the best five hundred bucks you ever spent because it saved you, you from a bad relationship. Yeah. What's the, what's her deal? Why why was she so uh, dysfunctional? You know, I I really wish I knew. Because... She was your best friend. What did you know about her upbringing? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. Uh, what happened? She was uh, you know her. Her parents got divorced when she was young. Um, her mom was pregnant when she was 15, and she her, her was mom pregnant. she was pregnant when she was young. She had an abortion. How old was she when she had the abortion? Uh, I think 15, 16. No, no, she was older, 17, 18. Right. Yeah, that's the Minnesotan life. The, the mom was pregnant when your ex-fiance was 15, or the mom was pregnant with your ex-fiance when she was 15? Yeah. So the last part there. The mom had her when she was 16. 16, I think. Yeah. All right. So it's that's a mess. That's a mess. That That's what we're always talking about here. All, we're going to have messed up kids because teenagers are not capable parents. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I know that many of them might try, but no. they simply don't have the capacity. Like for teenagers it. aren't capable of anything. Please. Now, don't. Come on. Oh, come Sorry. on. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's call a teenager a teenager. Listen, when I was uh, 15, 16, I was worthless. Yes. That doesn't mean all teenagers are worthless. Yes, it does. I speak for all teenagers when I say uh, you're all worthless. That's all right. Uh, you're you're on the way to being worthwhile. Being worthless seems to be a very important part of that evolution. Is that correct? Yeah. Because you think very highly of yourself now. And... Sure. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, listen, you weren't doing anything at 16, 17 Oh, uh, look either. at the pictures. I've seen Drew's pictures. Oh, God, we got to see these pictures. Uh, uh, hair... Who's uh, who's your uh, hair like, uh, Andy Kurt Warhol? Cobain. Yeah, yeah Kurt, Kurt Cobain on a real bad hair day. It's sort of uh, Andy Cobain <laughs> is uh, what Drew looked like. And then uh, then it was uh, uh, Husky Tom Petty was the other one. <laughs> what was All the, inside of two years. Really? Well, that's quite a metamorphosis. Jeez, your parents must have really wrote you, Drew. You, look, you looked worked. Drew at age seventeen looked. Uh, he looked like a forty-five-year-old uh, attorney with a uh, heroin problem, or like he'd been. Or I'd say, let's be fair, a coke problem. <laughs> you just look like you've been uh, road hard and put away wet at uh, at seventeen. Yep. And your point? Uh, not me. I had uh, no stress, no mileage. I was a ceramics major. <laughs> I'm aware. We are well aware. Patrick. Yes. You're twenty-one. You're on love line. Yeah, I heard that guy a little while ago about uh, sponsored vasectomy. Yeah, I'm interested in sponsoring a young uh, uh, vasectomy candidate. Mm-hmm. Well, I've Male got... or female? Huh? Yes? Oh, I've got a two-year-old, so... Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm not... Yeah? Would you like me to do him, too? <laughs> no. Okay. But, uh... Because I, I, I do have group rates. 
No, it's just... Uh, you don't want any more kids? It was an accident with a condom the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, don't don't, uh, don't uh, write don't, that on I the crib. I don't crit. treat them any different or anything. I mean, I love them to death. Good. I'm not going to show them that, and I'm never going to say that. Good. But uh, Okay. But you, you want no more children? No. You have a wife? Uh, divorced. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, who's taking care of the kid? Um... She has custody, but I take care of them all the time. See, here's the thing: you may get. Here's what's going to happen to you. You're 21. You're gonna you're gonna remarry, or you're somewhere wanna, along right. the line. You're gonna want to form a family with that no, person. No, he's not going to want to. But his wife uh, is going to want to. Really want to. Really want to. Yes. Because uh, uh, let me tell you something about women: they want their own junk. Mm -hmm. They don't want the kid from the last relationship and call it that. They want their own kid with you. Yeah. There's a real instinct for that one. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Uh, let, let, look. Care to share? I mean, what, 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 I mean, seem to have some real personal insight into this. No. I never went out with anyone with a with no. a kid, except for my mom. But then that was me. So it was really a wild circle there. But, no, I've heard this a million times. Uh, you know, I have two kids from a previous relationship. Uh, hell, uh, the guy's in his, you know, late 40s. Uh, his wife's in his early 40s. Uh, the kids are in their teens. Uh, she loves the kids. Uh, they treat her like it was a mom, blah, blah, blah. But she wants right. she wants one of her own. Right, right, right. And uh, let's face it. People are, uh, you know, they're animals. Yep. No, no, they don't want the... Uh, they don't, they don't want the offspring from the, uh, you know, who the bull knocked up uh, down the down the pasture there to come in and take care of them. Eh, they will in the pinch, but they want their own. And this is what you're going to run into, Patrick. Well, I'm not going to, you know, it's not uh, positive that we're not going to get back together, too. We've been spending more time together and get, you know. Oh, you and the ex? Yeah. That'd be cool if you're a kid. What yeah. broke you up? Huh? Oh, we just. We didn't get take enough time to get to know each other, and you know things piled up. And now, you know, instead of just jumping right back into it, we're why don't you work on that as opposed to working on a vasectomy? Oh, yeah. Work on that relationship. That's a good thing. Yeah, but I'm still I'm looking I'm looking for uh, I'm looking like for one of those guys from the uh, Grandmaster Flash. Which uh, for which what? was it? The uh, Grandmaster? Which one had like nine kids? Oh yeah 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 yeah. What was his name? That was uh, Mel. Yeah, Melly Mel. Was that Melly Mel? No, I think it was Melly Mel. They had George Clinton, too. All right. You don't have to be black. But I'm just saying, <laughs> Melly Mel, or George Clinton had, uh, what did George Clinton have? Like uh, seven, eight? George Clinton had like... He didn't remember how many wives he had. Yeah, I was like, uh, hey, George, uh, this is the Godfather Funk, uh, by the way, uh, who just got back from the... Uh, uh, Black Image Awards. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever seen George Clinton in person, uh, but uh, him uh, coming him from the any image the the, the Rastafarian Image Awards would uh, toss him out the back door. <laughs> Black Image Awards. Uh, the, the guy's got uh, six wives, uh, nine kids, and uh, squirrels in his hair. <laughs> what, what kind of Black Image is this? Really? Yeah, but just go pull some. Go get the black guy that beat the crap out of Reginald Denny and put him up there. You're still doing better. All right, Ann, don't give me that face. Uh, listen, uh, George Clinton's a great guy. We had a fun time with him, but it's just funny that he's giving an image award for anything. The, the guy was a is a great, uh, innovative musician and all that, but uh, I don't know what that has to do with image. But here's the point. I want to give away a vasectomy to someone who has like nine or ten kids already and is really screwing up. 
Yeah, that's the point. That's fine. Okay. Th- that's fine. Although Melly Mel and uh, and <clears throat> Clinton don't necessarily, uh, aren't necessarily candidates because they pay for all their kids. Mm. Even though they're not going to pay for the crimes these guys commit by uh, being brought up with no parents. Right. Which is uh, an interesting angle. But uh, uh, I'm still looking for, I'm looking for real irresponsible dads here. And then here's what we'll do. We'll have a little telethon. To raise the money? Yeah, I'm not going to pay 500 bucks. But the point is, is all the callers that come in will pledge, you know, make a pledge. a couple cents. of bucks. We'll yeah. get a little tote board going. And we'll get the, we'll get the guy of a second. All right. I, I will I will start the pot with uh, with uh, 50 bucks. And uh, Engineer Mike is uh, down for 20. Drew, I would put you down for 20. And uh, the three girls could come, come up with a 10. And we'd make it 100 bucks right off the top. All right, uh, Sterling, 13. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I had a question for you. I'm, like, seeing this girl. Oh, I'm not seeing her, but me and her have been, like, friends for eight years now. But uh, I asked her a while, but a couple years ago. But she had, like, just broke up with somebody. And I was kind of curious on how did I go about making the first move again. I was just picturing George Clinton's hair. <laughs> what? I, I was listening. I couldn't understand him. Oh, you couldn't? Okay. Say this again? Uh, yeah, I was seeing this girl. Well, I'm not seeing her, but I've been good friends with her for this eight right. years. This is where I got... Eight years, and you're 13 now. Yeah. Since you were five, you've known this girl. Okay. Yeah. And I, was, I asked her uh, to go out a couple years ago, <laughs> and she had, like, just broke up with somebody. At 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she needed some space. I found, uh, oh, pardon me for butting in here, Sterling, but I found uh, women, usually between the age of you know, 11 and a half and into their late 12s, 12 and 8 months, 12 and 9 months. That is a, a reflective stage for many a woman. Uh. They need a little space. They need to chill out. They need to find themselves. Do you find that uh, to be true, Sterling? Yeah. Yeah. But well, you know women, too. Then. Yeah. But Sterling's been squarely in Friendville for, since she was five. All right. But she was just getting over a tough uh, relationship. I know how it goes. Probably long distance. And he was probably out on the East Coast or something. Fly back At, at 11, yeah. Uh, and, and so she just broke up, so she didn't want to get back together with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened then? Uh, well, sort of. And she was, she's like two years older than me right now and stuff. So I was kind of curious on how would I go about making the first move now. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, you were 11, she was 13. Yeah. And you asked her out, point blank. Right. How about a date, Toots? And you were able to do that then, you can do that now. And if she is interested, she will go out with you. So I should just like... Same thing you did before. Okay. Remember yeah. the uh, cojones you used at age 11? Uh-huh. They should be even bigger and hairier now than they were two years ago. Is that true? Uh-huh. All right. Then they'll have even more power. All right. All right, Sterling. Uh-huh. Go forth and don't procreate. All right, thanks. All right. Godspeed, young Sterling. Why don't you try wrapping Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but true car is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. 
and TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com, find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for, then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Uh, hey, it's a bird pipe, yes. Nice guys, and I'm glad they're having uh, so much uh, success, the uh, the Pipeians over there. Got a hug from uh, the quiet one. What is it, Brad? Kevin? What's that? Oh, shush. <laughs> What's his name? Brian? No, Brian. Uh, Brian. No, that's the, that's the big one. Mm, then okay. his brother, uh, Brad. Right, right, right. Because he's a real quiet guy. It's kind of weird. Uh, I guess they're coming out of their shell. Verpipe. Yeah, the Verpipe. Yeah. yeah. Glad they're having success. They're real nice guys. Didn't you like them? Yeah, they're very nice guys. Jasmine, uh, 26. Hi. Hey. Uh, I didn't even think I was going to get on. Um, to the guy, that the heroin guy, mm-hmm. like any question he could possibly have is like, duh, why are you doing it? But anyways. Yeah, I know. But, you know, he, he knows. He, the guy is 31. He's been uh, he been for knows. a long time. He didn't want to hear it. Everyone knows. I mean, it's like not even worth starting. It's like if I was 13 and someone said start smoking and there was all these like don't smoke warnings, I wouldn't have started. But whatever. That That's not important. Um, <laughs> I yeah. have been with someone for, uh, I guess, seven, eight years now. A long time we've been together. Someone. Yeah, and totally faithful, just him and I. And we just had a kid. No, we didn't have just have a kid. She's, she's two now. And before, sex was like every morning before I went to work. It was a big, like, a deal. And now it's like once a week, and I have to do all the work. Hmm. And how old is he? Uh, two years older than me. 28. Has it set in? Yeah, it's uh, starting. Uh, What's going to happen to him in ten years? What's starting? Uh, he will. Ha- he will come back. He will have a uh, resurrection, a renaissance, a, a renaissance uh, sexually. But it's going to be with another chick. Oh. What? Uh, that's the bad news. What? Don't worry. His uh, penis will uh, uh, live to uh, hump again. It- it's just going to be with uh, his secretary. Do you talk to him about this? Yeah. And what does he say? Oh, hold on. Ann's got a puss on. That's horrible to he, say he, that to her. He, 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 don't what? listen to Ann. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a little baby and everything. That's yeah, horrible. He, he's not going to... Don't pay no attention to that. <laughs> um, what does he say about this when you ask him? Um, He says he's tired. He says... Is that realistic? Is he really that tired? Well, he's not home from work yet. No, no, no. I mean, is his work schedule yeah, changed that dramatically? No, I think she's trying to illustrate something there. Ah. You're saying he's still at work. He works a lot of hours. Yeah, he no, he works the regular eight hours, but the shift makes him, like, awkwardly tired. Right, when you made the comment he wasn't home from work yet, what were you saying? He 
he's still not off. I mean, he doesn't, like, not come home or, you know. I mean, I totally trust him. So you guys are scaring me more than I was scared right. before. Hold on a second. She said he's still not home from work yet. And then she started getting into questions about what he's doing. Defenses. Yeah. No, what she's saying is he works a normal eight-hour right, day, what, what but is, they're right. irregular hours. They're at, like... Yeah, we, no, I got what she's saying, but she's she's saying it in very strange ways. But what is what is she, here's what I want to Wh- know. What is the point? What, what is, is the point to her right. saying he's not home yet? Right. All right, Jasmine. What is the point to your saying he's well, not home he's yet? Home really late. By the time he gets home, me and the baby are in bed. We're you know asleep. Right. And in the morning, morning, and this was not the case before the baby. You guys had similar schedules. Yeah. So the schedule really is the issue here, huh? Sometimes, I mean, for other arguments, yeah, the schedule is. No, I know, but uh, let me tell you something. Uh, A man's penis is capable of being motivated 24-7 if if the ass is willing to play along. You need the ass to... uh, The the penis and the ass have to get together, Drew. Yeah, well, I'm exhausted sometimes. I mean, and that should be understandable. No, but it's not you. It's him. He's the one who doesn't have the sex drive, right? I guess. Yes. In comparison to before, yeah. And and uh, and in comparison to what you'd like him to have. But are you this angry with him? I'm not angry. No, I'm just like, you know, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> I'm going to start doing my own thing pretty soon. Oh, there's an option. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here, here's what's going on. He just kind of lays there. You know, he wants it to happen. But, but what does he say when you ask him what's going on? Um, he's tired. Sometimes when he's really angry, he says, you know, you put 20 pounds on because I had a baby. That's no excuse, but. Well, it is. I mean, that's why you put the weight on, right? Yeah. All right. But it's been a couple of years, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Keep. Have you asked him if he's still attracted to you? Yeah. And what does he, he say? Is, I mean, what is he? Wait a minute. You never asked him that. Yeah, I do every day almost. Are I, you still? I, are you still attracted to me? Yeah. <laughs> and what's he say? Yeah, he likes my hair. You know, stuff like that. And and sometimes, God, one day, you know, one day a month, it's like, whoa, who is this guy? You know, he's like all over me, and he's great, and he makes me feel great. But that's like only once a month. Oh, I, I thought literally you're talking about the gardener or something. I, I was confused there for a second. Uh, he, was, he wasn't wearing a big Panama hat, was he? <laughs> no. No, okay. No, it was him. All right, it was him. All right, uh, Jasmine, you need to communicate because here's what's going on. <clears throat> Your husband is tuning out because uh, you're, you're a little bit of a handful. Just a little bit. I sound like a handful? I'm labeling you as a handful. <laughs> Uh, not more than a handful, but just a handful. Okay. And your husband, he's tired, and uh, the the you between you and the kid, it's a little overwhelming for him. And what he does is he goes, uh, "Don't give me the puss, Ann, please." You know I'm right. Uh, he goes on autopilot. He's in the he's in there shaving or watching TV. And uh, honey, do you still think I'm a try? Honey, honey, uh, he's in the bathroom. Uh, you still think I'm a try? Yes. I like your uh, hair. <laughs> all right, that's all. I, oh yes, honey. Uh, uh, honey, what time? Uh, 
What time is it, honey? Yes, the hair. It's beautiful. Okay, so he's unattracted to me then. No, I'm just saying you're a little insecure and you're you're pushing on him and he's going into a shell. Is what he's withdrawing. Uh, he's getting a little overwhelmed. You may be a little too much for him. I mean, you're you're you have more energy and a little sprinkling of insecurity, and you're right. You know, here's what happens. Ah, yeah, here's what I'm gonna say, and then we gotta hang up. She's angry too. All right. I'm not angry. <clears throat> all right, don't stamp at Drew, please. I, I'm not angry. There's, I mean, I wouldn't right. be calling if I was angry. I'd Look like at the it. angers, the croutons on the emotional you, you, salad. You may not you're, be it's not the your, lettuce. Your first comment to us was was very angry and very passive aggressive, which was. I didn't think I was ever going to get on this show. I mean, you opened with that. And that and that's, well, because I kept getting a busy signal. Jasmine, I, I'm sorry you're not in touch with your anger, but you need to realize that's where a lot of this is coming from. You are a little bit angry, Jasmine. Just I a little bit. I was surprised that I was getting on the show. All right. I was angry. All right. Let's not uh, get into a semantics and, here. And why she has such trouble. Uh, hold on a second. Angie, uh, shut Drew's mic off, please, for a second, <laughs> if you would. So I could, no, no, it's not your fault. It's Drew's fault for trying to help. Now, let me just uh, say this, and then I'm, I'm moving on. Okay. Here, here's what goes on. Please hear me. Uh -huh. As you know, I speak the truth. You're a little insecure, so you come to him for something that's going to make you feel better. And you don't get quite what you want. You get something. He throws you a bone, but there's not much meat on it. So that, in turn, makes you feel a little more insecure, and you come back to him for more. Now, he interprets this as being ridden pestered or what have you he then goes into his shell loses all energy and wants just to watch tv and tune out which in turn makes you push even harder because you're trying to get more out of it just be secure if that's possible back off a little realize he's coming home every night and give him a little space and once you give him a little space he'll start stretching out he'll get a little more comfortable and then he'll come to you it, it, guys uh, unfortunately are like cats you chase the cat around the house, you want to put the collar on it or you want to brush it or whatever. The cat's running all over. You'll never get it. Just put the bowl of kibble out and walk away. Eventually, the cat will come wandering in a room, sniffing around, eat the kibble, then you jump on him. Am I right, Drew? Oh, yeah, keep the mic off. All right, I know I am. Where are we, Drew? <laughs> Kevin, 37. Yeah, well... I've been involved with this girl for about four years, and uh, we keep having some troubles where she drifts off and starts calling me her old boyfriend's name who died in a fire in the house that I'm at. That's because chicks are like cats, Kevin. <laughs> you just put the kibble out. <laughs> I should really save these and do them in different hours. You know, back to back, different they sound days, bad. Oh, okay. But women are probably more like that than men, but some men are like that. All right, so. Kevin, listen. This well, is, uh, hold on. This is fascinating. Her old boyfriend died in a fire in the house that you're currently in? Yeah. No, All right. I, I, this is great radio. Now, hold on. Hold on. We got to go to break, Kevin. Okay. We'll, we'll get you uh, coming right out of the chute. We'll learn about the uh, how um, Kevin's girlfriend's uh, vagina is haunted by the ghost of an ex-boyfriend. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? And uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with, with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for, you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. 
I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. That you don't know, and doesn't know. Who? Oh, that's Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, that's the Batman theme. When is that uh, pile of crap coming out? By the way, <laughs> that parody of a movie. Oh, the one that uh, K Rock is sponsoring. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna look forward to seeing that uh, whenever it does come out. I'm sure. If it's uh, half the film that the other ones were, it's going to be a huge hit. No, but, I mean, here's the thing about... Oh, listen. Uh, I, I, I want to go to the premiere. Our kids love those films. Put me on the list. <laughs> Let me, I've been to those premieres, Drew, and I can tell you one thing. You're not going in the same theater Schwarzenegger's going I know, into. I know. Uh, you'll be on the same corner, but you'll start walking into Schwarzenegger's theater, and... Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> no, no, no. You're going over here. Uh, there's a uh, you know 14 uh, inch black and white zenith, a tent, <laughs> and uh, we uh, scooped up some popcorn that fell off of a Schwarzenegger seat, and uh, you can have that. All right, I'm just saying it, it's uh, it, it'll be a spectacle. I'm sure it'll make a billion dollars, but it's not a movie. It's an event. It's an event. Okay. And you can always tell because the way they advertise is uh, they have the pictures mm-hmm. of all the different villains. Mm-hmm. And heroines and and characters in it, and it says Schwarzenegger is Mister Freeze. Right. Now they're telling you right there. They don't give a crap whether you buy into it. I mean, uh, Sh- Sh- Sling Blade didn't do that and wouldn't do that because part of going to a movie is actually buying in to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You have to believe. Uh, you know, you, you go to Batman and you go, uh, "Gee, I wonder what Schwarzenegger pulled down for this." Mm-hmm. And then Schwarzenegger gets up on there and you go, "Oh man, he's." Uh, Having sex with uh, what's her name? Oh boy, she's hot. And boy, what a life! He's got that Hummer. <laughs> That—that's what these movies are. But it's all right. I'm not here to say it's not worth seven bucks to go sit there and watch it and try to figure out which Schwarzenegger made. They're fun. They like thrill rides. Right, you throw up when you get off them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wait, who? What's Schwarzenegger's wife? Uh, Maria Maria Shriver. Shriver. Between uh, her jaw. And his jaw. Do you know what Maria Shriver looks like? Oh, yeah. I think they could both uh, go through the femur bone of a yak with those things. And they have kids, don't they? Yeah. Their kid, yeah. His, she, has, uh, she has the most powerful jaw of any mammal. And uh, he only second to Schwarzenegger himself. Mm. And they're both, uh, you know, great-looking specimens. But can you imagine the jaw on their kids? Huge. The kid's going to be able to like take bumpers off of Chevy's with that uh, jaw. I mean, he's really going to have a, 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 a job where he uses his jaw. <laughs> All right. Well, that's just, uh, yeah, she's got the cheekbones way up there, too, but it's the jaw that really uh, that really gets me. All right, uh, where were we? Talking to Kevin. Ah, yes. Kevin. Yeah. 37. Uh-huh. And uh, we were talking about this. Uh, my girlfriend's got these hauntings of the fire or what happened to this guy, and he beat her before he died. And uh. 
and she keeps thinking that I'm going to do the same thing and telling people I'm beating her. And we had trouble she is telling together. She is telling people you're beating her. Yeah, she's done it a couple times, and I've never once lifted my hand against her. All right, uh, let's just backtrack for a second here. Who was this guy? Her boyfriend? Yeah. How long had they gone out? About four or five years. And he had beaten her in the relationship. Yeah, apparently from, I don't know. Maybe she was lying about that, too. I I wonder now, because um, there's a child involved here, and that's why I'm even bothering with her. Uh, She left the kid with me and just split. (laughs) What? She keeps coming back. Whose kid? His kid? No, it's mine, Uh, with with her. Well, it's okay when people leave stuff with you that's yours and then split, by the way. That's all right. Like, if someone, like, left my car in front of my house and then split, I'd be fine with that, Drew. Yeah, but being as a child's involved here, I've been trying to maybe try to keep her around and see if mom would actually stay in the picture. And All right. Genetic? Very commendable. Yeah, but I'm wondering if I'm just beating myself up because it's a lost cause. All right, but hold on a second, Kevin. Even the, your plight is mildly interesting. Uh, the guy burning is infinitely fascinating. Well, the, there, there was even his finger was found on the lawn next door in the neighbor's house. What? Um, one of his fingers in the fire report was found in the neighbor's lawn, and I've always wondered how that would happen. Was he, he was like, just... cooking up meth or something? Um, he yeah. had a pot-bellied stove in here, and he was just repairing cars, and he had some gasoline, and he was doing some acetone on, on one of the 240Zs. And it blew up. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't—I didn't even know her when that happened. I never knew anything about it. Apparently, the whole town here knows about it, though. So he was out in the garage? Yeah. And... Yeah. And she, okay, so let me get this straight, because I'm really fascinated by this. She went to get beer? Yeah. All Um, right, he beat her, uh and then sent her on a beer run. Yeah, I think so. Now He he almost beat her every night, from what she told me. And this was the winter time? Uh, Yeah, it was around December. So he had the stove fired up in the garage. Yeah. For heat. And then he got that fast, uh, that acetone, which evaporates very uh, quickly, as we learned from the call uh, before, and I've dealt with this stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of fumes coming off. Like, if you take an acetone can, Mm -hmm. like I yell at the idiots who worked at my house every day for the last six months, would you put the goddamn lid back on the acetone? Because it'll all evaporate right out of the top of the can. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, none of them ever did. Yeah. It well, will, it did explode because I had to clean it up. <laughs> you had to clean up the garage? Yeah, well, well. after the fight with the lawyers, one of my agreements with her is that I get the equity if I fix the burnout house. <laughs> now, now, the whole house caught on fire because it was attached to the garage? No, the garage is separate than the house. Ha- it's attached to it, but it didn't get into the house. Wait, it was this? Well, I thought you had to go clean up the house, though. Well, it, it, well, he he kind of destroyed everything he touched. He was one of these guys that took things apart, and they didn't work after he did it. Right. Was he the boyfriend after you? Uh, no, before me. Before you. And you know, and, and, and the neighbor found a finger in the uh, in their yard. Yeah. So I don't even know whether violence was involved. Nobody really knows. <laughs> you mean whether she did something to him? Yeah, I kind of wondered now because she's told the police and, and she's left here drunk and then beat herself up at a store or something okay, and so gone she, over to so, her parents' so house. So she's an alcoholic. She's an alcoholic. Yes, yeah, so I tried to dry her out and it didn't work. And then she wanted to go out and party and then she cheated on me last year and I tried to talk to her about the, the guy she cheated on was having nightmares because I went up to her house and found a note from a guy and it said, uh, good morning, lover. Why, and, why, why, would you, why did you involve somebody like oh, this? Oh, Kevin. Why? Oh, uh, well, I'm only trying, trying to make, make trying to be be a good father. No, 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 no before, no, no, before no, the child. No, no, no. Why did you get involved with this? Uh, because my dad walked away from me, and I don't think it's fair that she walks away from him. 
My, uh, she walks away. Right, but listen. Before the child. Before Mr. Denial. Uh-huh. Before the child, why did you, why did you feel compelled to get involved with this craziness? Uh, I, it just happened. Uh, we got along really good in the beginning, but then the lawyers no. got involved. And uh, No, no, no. It's the lawyers. It's the kid. Uh, Kevin, this chick is nuts. Yes, that, uh, that I agree. Right. She's an alcoholic. Here's what this whole thing sounds like to me. It sounds like a an episode of Cops. Uh, one that they couldn't even air uh, that's on the uh, cops uh, video, uh, Stuff You Missed. Uh, the one where they bust all the prostitutes and they get to show their boobs on uh, on uh, on the thing, those idiots with the stupid vice squad. Anyway, uh, Kevin, I don't know what's wrong with you because you sound relatively sane. Now, stop doing this. Uh, my dad walked away. Uh, the kid, the kid, the kid. Stop using the kid. This woman uh, is liable to kill the kid. She's right. liable to kill you. Well, she was taken away by the police uh, three days ago. Okay. Listen, uh, you, you don't tell us any more about her. <laughs> I, I, I really, I'd rather see Manson out than uh, than her roaming the streets. I really would, Kevin. Uh, well, maybe we, I just need to hear that from somebody. Uh, uh, listen, Kevin, listen to me. Listen to me good. I am the voice of reason. It's like the fifth time I've said that tonight. I think I'm trying to convince myself at this mm -hmm. point. This broad is nuts, and she's dangerous, and she's not only dangerous to herself, to you, uh, but your child as well. You're not doing your child any favor by being brought by by having uh, this woman in the equation. Uh, we're not talking about Doris Day here, for Christ's sake. We're talking about a a crazy woman, uh, possibly a homicidal crazy woman. Sever all ties with this woman. She is dangerous. Uh, you could uh, you could go to the first alley and find the first uh, heroin addict with the breast that was passed out, and you'd be automatically doing better. Uh, the first guy, you'd be doing better. Get out of uh, this woman's life and, and get her out of your life. I'm trying to figure out what you're doing, Kevin, that you need to have this kind of cast in order to make yourself feel better. And, yeah, and figure out what's up with you because yeah. uh, this, uh, you know, well, you're moving in, but first you got to scrape the old man <laughs> off the garage wall and, uh, uh, oh, to the neighbors. Uh, little help <laughs> with that digit? Yeah, her, bring that by. Thank you much. Oh. Mike. Yeah. 43. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, I'm in AA, and um, I'm also uh, suffering from depression, mm -hmm. and I'm on Paxil, and um, I just had a big uh, argument with uh, my sponsor. He's saying that uh, I'm not uh, clean and sober as long as I'm taking the Paxil. He equates it with Valium, and mm -hmm. uh, I was wondering, like... Since I'm, I'm not really clear exactly what Paxil does. Paxil is not addictive. It's an anti, it's an antidepressant. It blocks serotonin reuptake and raises the serotonin levels in your brain. And so there's. It has no addictive potential. No addictive potential. However, here's the issue. Uh huh. Uh, you are used to, as an alcoholic, dealing with emotional experiences by finding something to relieve yourself of them. Yeah, rather than to cope with them and deal with them. Yeah, it's like 30 years of abuse with, like, basically three drugs. You know, right, and, right. Uh, That's right. So, and alcohol. So to the extent that you're continuing to reinforce that behavior of looking for something outside of yourself to fix how you feel on the inside, you are confounding your 
prognosis. You, you may be putting your sobriety at some risk, particularly if you've only been sober within the first six months. Mm-hmm. So people do better if they can be off everything because the mood disturbances that everybody has when they're an addict get better about 80% of the time just with the treatment of the addiction alone. Uh, I mean, here's what I love about the uh, AA mentality, though. Uh, the guy takes a bite of, uh, of uh, cake, uh, finds out there's rum in it, spits it back uh, down on the thing because uh, someone put a thimble of rum in uh, 20 pounds of mix, right. yet uh, he's chain-smoking and drank uh, four right. pots of coffee right, during, right. during the course right. of the time he spit the rum, right. uh, the rum flavoring out of his mouth. Right. Uh, this is a, a hypocrite. All right, all right. All right. Okay, let me finish with Mike. This is pretty complex stuff. The, right. the, the converse argument... I just want to show you I had a strong opinion on almost I, everything. I appreciate that. Thank you. The, the other two issues, though, are that you could maybe also have a primary mood disorder. And if, you're, if you have a severe mood disorder, and given the drugs that you listed there that you've used, you, we can postulate that you might have injured your brain and have a mood disorder on that basis alone. Well, if you don't treat the mood disorder, then that's going to confound your ability to stay sober, too. See, that's where I'm at. I mean, the, I was basically medicating myself to... I, I can't stand no. to be around myself. No, no. You, the addicts he are was. Addicts. No, right. addicts are addicts because they're addicts. You, you're not medicating. You become addicted because you're an addict. Hold you on you a may second. have very originally. Hold on. A- Engineer Mike, put that on a cart. Uh, the addicts are addicts because they're addicts. I like that one. It's You may have a very originally developed your relationship with substances because of some benefit you felt you derived from it, and it may have perpetuated the use, but you became addicted because you have that biology and you're an addict. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't blame your use on anything other than that. Okay, so to expect that a treating a mood disturbance is going to impact significantly on your addiction is wrong. All right, but here's uh, what I would so, close it up with. So, so I'm trying to make sense of this. How long have you been sober? Uh, it'll be, uh, two months on the 21st. Um, Paxil is not addictive. If your sobriety is going well, if you're doing okay, make it a goal to come off that drug. But Oh, it, I don't want to be on it forever. Yeah, so d- don't, it, you know, get, get, stay with your sponsor, see if you can get them to cool out a little bit. Just follow your doctor's direction. Make sure you're seeing an addictionologist who knows how to manage these disorders. And if you're doing okay right now, stay with the program. No, that's a hell of a lot anything. better than, uh, the, uh, trifecta you're putting in yourself, uh, uh, worth of drugs uh, last time. Listen, it, it's 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 not a moral thing here. You know what I mean? I mean, it, if you're taking a, a, a pharmaceutical because it helps you, then then it helps you, and then yeah, screw it. it. It's more complex than that. I mean, because really you is. you think it it makes them closer to getting back on? Because the behavior the, the, there, there's a difference between addiction, the biology goes on in the brain, and the behaviors. Those behaviors of pursuing things to feel better takes about a year to subside. So if you reinforce those in any way, even going for cold medication at the pharmacy, reinforces the behavior. The behaviors take longer to die out. What about the chain smoking and uh, three pots of coffee? Not good. Okay. Here's Loveline. Hey, I'm Jake. And I'm Amir. And we're from that appropriately named web series, Jake and Amir. We're also the voices of If I Were You, the only advice podcast on the internet hosted by us. That's right. Every week we offer our personal insight to real problems submitted to us by real people and sometimes even our comedy friends join like Ben Schwartz, Thomas Middleditch, and Allison Williams. The important thing is the advice is often pretty bad. But hopefully always funny. So go to podcastone.com and hit that download button to hear our terrible but hopefully funny advice. Thanks guys. So uh, let's see. Kennedy tomorrow night. 
Yes, always a good time. A good friend and a smart woman with uh, lots of stuff to say, even if most of it is just a harebrained uh, scheme. All right, so I want to thank the beautiful Sherry, the lovely Lisa, the angular one, producer Ann, for uh, putting her lovely feminine stink all over the show. And, of course, uh, the one-nut wonder, uh, without whom uh, we probably would have had the other guy have to sit in and do the show. So, until then, this is Adam Kroller for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. To this day, I am surprised when I'm asked to sign a lady's bosom. Uh, Engineer Mike, put that on a cart, please. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you like a rich... This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.